0: What's going on, everybody? Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. I appreciate it. This episode, I get to sit down with just a truly cool dude that wants to share his passion and love for skateboarding with the rest of the world, and he just so happens to be a deputy, and that's not the most important part of him, though. The most important part of him, though, is the fact that what he's doing to build community, to build a sense of purpose, a, per, a sense of purpose regarding skating, skateboarding, and teaching the youth, coaching and mentoring the youth, and just being out there in the community and being a positive role model for everybody around them. And again, oh yeah, he just so happens to be a deputy. So this is uh, Mr. Zach Rand, and he's here in Arizona in Glendale, and he's also you can find him on Instagram at kickflips.com. And donuts. So super great dude. We sit down and we talk about everything regarding his passion, regarding skateboarding, and how it has brought him together in the community. Uh, a very little backstory about about his uh, military service, but, you know, kind of a foundation about what led him to wanting to serve to something greater than himself. So I really enjoyed meeting Zach. He was a great guy. And this is exactly the type of person that I'm trying to, to highlight on this podcast and to show about bridging the gap in the in the community between law enforcement and the community as a whole. So thank you very much, everyone, for listening. Uh, please leave me some feedback if you'd like. I um, can reach me on Instagram, YouTube, and all the fun stuff. And please like and subscribe. It really does help me out. Thank you, everyone. Take care. All right, he threw something out of the car. Right, We're right there. He's- passenger side. They're along the uh, the wall, the slow lane wall. Six nineteen, he's so what uh dope out the window. We got bills and marijuana water coming out. Six nineteen, I copy Bell marijuana coming out of the window at twenty three twenty eight. Anyway, so yeah. yeah, no let's get started. So welcome. Thank you very Appreciate much. Appreciate it. If you would like just having a giving yourself a, a brief little introduction, who you are and
1: Uh I'm uh I'm Zach Rand. I'm a deputy here in Arizona. Um, I'm in my 30s. I've been in law enforcement. Uh, Well, we'll start from the beginning. I grew up in Glendale, Arizona area. Um, Went in the military, spent about six and a half years active, and then the rest of the time in the reserves. What branch? Uh, Army. Okay. Army. I was an infantry guy. I'll talk Um, slow. What's that? I'll talk slowly. Oh, okay. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just messing um, up. no, yeah. Ended up in the reserves uh, just to continue my service, uh, especially when all that stuff with Syria and stuff like that was happening. Okay. But the reserves, it was it's night and day difference from what active duty service was like. So uh, yeah, I did my. Did my short change over there and yeah, try to and get and them like right in front of you. There did you my go. short change over there and, and, uh, and ended it from there. And then, uh, fell in a law enforcement cot with my agency in 2016, Okay, 2016. So we're sitting in about seven years, did short time in the jails prior to going and hitting the streets, you got hired.
0: Did you get hired straight in as a deputy or have to go the I that went through the, de-
1: the detention route? Because okay. at the time that I got into law enforcement, everybody was everybody was trying to be, you know, getting into law enforcement. Gotcha. I remember uh, I actually tested with Phoenix PD before my okay. agency. And I remember doing really well on the written and the physical and getting my background packet sent to me uh through email filled it out and they're like yeah once it's complete just drop it off downtown and uh it could be three weeks it could be three months before yeah. we can schedule you and now i mean you look at any agency they're fighting yeah you know, they're grinding the teeth to try to get people in those seats for the academy it it's
0: um, i've i've talking to my other friends the, the retention right now is in you no know, solo and trying to find quality people is ridiculous oh right yeah now.
1: absolutely yeah the, and the not you know the whole retention thing or just bringing people in you know it, it sucks because <clears throat> there's a lot of guys that i've served with that um a couple people that come to mind particularly that have a, a crazy impressive resume through the military guys that i've literally gone to war with and you know they they apply for some of these agencies and they get turned away and yeah. then you know my time as an FTO seeing some, some people come in. I mean, it's, it's yeah, everybody's I'm sure that's an FTO has, uh, has stories of, you know, some questionable right. recruits, but I mean, I I'm bet like, my
0: FTO and for those who don't know, FTO is field training officer. So I bet my FTO looked at me like I'm a functioning idiot at some point in time. Like, yeah, like we I all think, started off at normal. some point in time. I think
1: that's normal once you <laughs> kind of get You know, used to everything and the bearings behind. You know what it takes to be a law enforcement officer, find your own niche. But
0: so, but just just so we're very very clear, you're not here as a representative of your department. You just happen to work for MCO. I will even leave
1: my agency's name out. Okay, that way nothing comes back, and and there's nothing. I'm very honored and uh, fortunate to work for the agency that I do.
0: Yeah. So and you are and and the way that I found you and the way that I saw you was the fact that. Um, you have an online presence, so and we'll get into that in a minute. So in and, and so, but it also ties into your job as a deputy. Yeah. You know, as far as community service goes, what le- what led you to law enforcement?
1: I uh, grew up in a military law enforcement okay. heavy family. Uh, my grandfather, he was actually, I mean, he's bounced around to a different, uh, a couple different agencies, and one of off the top of my head, three agencies that he was with because he climbed the ranks all the way to the top. Okay um here in arizona here in arizona okay um and one of them being the, the agency that i'm with okay so i kind of always looked at him as you know uh somebody that i looked up to growing up so you know following his footsteps that's kind of how i paved or paved you know my future gotcha. my life. so that's how i ended up in there i always knew that i wanted to do something bigger than myself and i did that with the the military and you know i wanted to take from you know take you know that time and everything, and that and effort and and all that from serving my country to serving the community that I live in.
0: It's that's the one thing that I the message that I try to convey. And again, for the people who are not law enforcement, because not my my target audience is not just law enforcement, but it's that civil servant heart.
1: Mm-hmm. It's
0: that it's hard to describe and it's hard to explain. Like why would you go and you know do military than law enforcement? Like there's no money in it. It's not about money. It's about serving other people. It's about doing good for the community well, and say, making I'll connections. I'll say right now.
1: I mean, financially, I'm a lot better off than I was when I was I was in the military. Oh, of like, course, oh, yeah, of absolutely. course. Um, no, no, I love I love what I do. I love you know getting to meet new people every single day, and it's it's I, I think I would go crazy in an office job because you know everything <laughs> you know is uh, listed out or what. I mean, every day you come to work, it's something new. Yeah, it's something new. So.
0: What is in your function now? Are you in patrol? I'm patrol. Okay. So you had tested for a couple things, but just manpower issues and all that stuff?
1: Yeah, I tested for a few different uh, specialties, did really well. Um, Yeah, just where we're at with manpower and everything, you know. It was just kind of, you know, sit by the phone and wait and, you know. Unfortunately, you know, just due to where staffing <laughs> is now with law enforcement, you're not able to get in those places. So right. I decided to come to my own thing. People don't
0: understand the fact that and I said we're not talking politics or anything like that, but when you start taking money away from agencies and all that, it's the it's the specialty units that are hit the hardest. It's the oh, yeah. detectives that are hit the hardest. Patrol has to still be out there answering calls, answering nine one one calls. And it's it's you can't move people into those specialty positions because you don't have either the funding or the manpower or just people don't want to do the job right now. That, that appears to be the biggest thing for that I've seen from the outside looking in is nobody wants to do this job anymore.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: Like they can't entice people with, I mean, and the pay, Oh my Lord. From, I said, I was out in 2017 to now, I said, even looking at my previous agency, it's almost double what it was when I left. Wow. You know, like it was a huge increase. And again, like they still just can't find people to for any agency. So now you do, again, so you're in patrol and in, you're in the, the large metropolitan, Phoenix metropolitan area. Mm-hmm. So... On the on the lines of the community service and all that, you're here because you skateboard.
1: Yeah, and it's pretty yeah. badass. Like it. you're yeah. pretty damn good. Yeah.
0: So I'm not a skateboarder. I'm the one. I'm the kid that you know. I'd put my knee on it and try to Scoot pedal. Around. Yeah, that was yeah. All, about all I did. But yeah, now how did you get into the skateboarding side of things?
1: Um, so I started skating when I was six. Uh, again, growing up mostly in like the Glendale area. Um, wasn't wasn't that great of it. Didn't grow up in in too great of a neighborhood um but me and my cousin we uh we'd always roll around on like those old school big wheels okay and there's some older kids down the street and one day one of them came over had like this busted beaded board and just like hey ditch the you know a lot of what like you know older skaters do for kids on scooters you don't want to see them on a scooter you want to put them on a skateboard and, and get them going but you know gave me my first board it was i remember it was a blind um and yeah this thing was just choppy like no nose or tail stress cracks throughout the whole (laughs) thing barely rolled but you know to me it was new right and you know i just spent ever every second that i could on that thing and you know once you start learning tricks and and all that other stuff it just becomes a part of you so i skated from six all the way up until you know 17 okay um yeah. And you know, unfortunately I had to put the board aside because of the time that I went into the military, you know, things were still hopping and popping overseas. Yeah, yeah. So um yeah, there's no time to skate when I was in the military. There wasn't even time to think about skateboarding. I think I stepped on a board one time while I was in the army. Gotcha. Um, got out, got in well, actually went to went to school as well, got my degree in administrative justice studies nice. and uh, yeah, never I, I, I kinda paid a little bit of attention to skateboarding um, but definitely didn't skate. And, uh, yeah, it was up until a couple of years ago that I got back into it. And at first it was, it was, it was really rough. It was ugly, <laughs> you know, trying to find and, and fight and balance and get that equilibrium and all that stuff back. Because when I went in the military, uh, I was like 145, 150 pounds okay. and you know, the army gave me the whole captain America effect. I, went oh, yeah. and I remember, I remember when I went through, uh, maps again, I was like 145, 150 and I got out at like 220. Okay. So, um, yeah, just finding that balance and, you know, tricks started coming back and obviously you got to be a little bit more cautious. I'm not throwing myself <laughs> down like huge, huge, you know, stair sets or gaps or anything like that, but I'm still having fun with it. They interact with kids and we're not spring chickens anymore. I'm, no, I'm older than you. No, no. I have to roll my feet out every single day. Like, gotcha. feet, like I'll go skate for like two hours. And then it's, for some reason it's my feet and like my hips and okay. lower back, you know, it, definitely got to pay a little bit more attention yeah yeah, like you said we're not springing anymore
0: well and again i'm nine weeks post spinal fusion surgery oh wow so i just had my spine fusion it's a direct correlation to and my agency wasn't allowed to wear the, the outer vest yeah so you know everything was old school sam brown belt you know and had everything on my lumbar spine and i i would like die if i tried to do anything like that right yeah. now yeah <laughs> you got to limber up before you get out there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So stretching, stretching and hydrating, you know, two things that I definitely didn't do when I was younger. (laughs) Right. Um, I incorporate now. So. So where has the skateboarding aspect of it taken you? Because you're, you're amateur, you're
0: semi-pro amateur. I'm
1: I'm amateur. I'm amateur. Um, I just skate for fun nowadays. More so like whatever platform that I build with kickflips and donuts, you know, uh, any kids that I come across or that contact me, you know, if I could do anything to help elevate those kids' career, you know, the kids that have the potential that are still young that nice. are, you know, cause where skateboarding is now to where it was when I was a kid is it's, it's night and day. It's crazy. You know, how somebody, so, um, you know, just a, like the level of tricks, okay. you know, the, the whole technical side of everything you got, you know, I remember when I was a kid going to like Rio Vista skate park in Peoria or thunderbird whatever you want to call it everybody's got a different name for it um if you kick flip the tenster there that puts you at the top of the food chain okay you know now like you know like 11 12 years of not going there and going there you know again and everything looks smaller that's the nice right. thing about growing up and getting bigger <laughs> but you see, seeing like an eight-year-old kid that's you know doing like throwing down on this thing that's like <laughs> what's like I wouldn't nobody, you know, at eight years old back in the day was even thinking about right. anything like that. They're still learning how to push. And right. nowadays, yeah, you got young kids that are just completely just shredding.
0: Has the technology of the boards advanced any, any differently? Um, I think
1: for the most part, you know, I still skate some of the stuff that, you know, I was. I skated a lot of shop decks and stuff like that. I didn't come from like a family of money or anything like that. And, you know, um, some older guys and stuff like that definitely took care of me. So, Uh, I still skate somewhat of the same type of boards that I skated when I was younger. But as far as like technology, I mean, yeah, they got like the carbon fiber layers and stuff like that and make the boards lighter and all that. But I think for the most part, what makes it easier for kids nowadays is like, you know, YouTube, you know, YouTube was like kind of barely taking off, like towards the end of like my time in high school. Like you weren't, if you wanted to watch a skate video, I mean, go to YouTube right now. And if you want to learn how to kickflip, you know. Granted, you know, once your recovery is done, I mean, you can learn how to kickflip within a week just watching, you know, various, you know, tutorials and trick tip videos. So I think kids having access to all this different technology, social media and all that other stuff, it's, it's definitely, you know, helping these kids progress and they're able to see, you know, because skateboarding on the West coast and skateboarding on the East coast is completely different. Really? Even in other countries. I mean, if you see some of these kids that are coming from Japan, like, you know, the level that those guys are taking skateboarding is is on a is on a whole nother. No kidding. Yeah. So I think social media, definitely okay. technology, definitely is helping. Is it some one of upping kids.
0: each other sort of thing? Or no, is it it's just, just different styles? styles. Okay. Yeah.
1: You can see, you know, by the way, that somebody even throws their board down and starts pushing, you know, what where they're from. Interesting. Yeah. It's 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 style. That's a big part of skateboarding. is okay. having your own style and creativity and All that stuff. So, who were your influences in the skateboarding world? Oh man, growing up. So growing up, definitely uh, Joey Brzezinski. He that guy. And what's cool is like, you know, your heroes become your friends. Okay, you know, type of thing. And like starting kickflips and donuts. You know, um, I've gotten to talk to. Nine-year-old me, you know, and, and up, like, would have never thought I would have been able to have a conversation with somebody like Joey Brzezinski. Nice. And uh, starting Kim Clips and Donuts, he's actually, you know, been a big supporter. He owns FP Footwear. Okay. He sent out shoes, insoles, and all that other stuff. And, you know, for the most part, is real supportive of what I do. So, yeah, definitely Joey Brzezinski, Eric Costin, um, Paul Rodriguez, uh, Andrew Reynolds, yeah, those are like the four main staples growing up. Cool. And and you've
0: mentioned several times, but you haven't explained it. What is Kickflips and Donuts?
1: So Kickflips and Donuts... Um, Which is a very cool name, by the yeah, way. Yeah, I never wanted to call it a company because I don't profit anything off okay. of it. Um, and I didn't want to call it like a nonprofit because I looked into 501c, and those things are insanely expensive. And again, I'd like... Getting out, joining the military right after high school, um, and you spent some time in, Mm -hmm. so, I mean, I grew up in the military, like, it was just, you know, right place, right time, right uniform, all the stuff, everything that you need to do is pretty much laid out, um, unless, you know, you're in a leadership position, um, and you're laying down those rules and, and where to be and all that other stuff, but, you know, when I got out, Yeah, I had no idea how to use my GI Bill. I had no idea, you know, like going to buy a car, like when they're hitting me with all these different acronyms and stuff like that. I'm like, dude, what? So no life skills. Still, it teaches you how to do the job. Yeah. 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 No, no life, life skills, skills you know. or buying a house or anything like that. Like, I mean, obviously it's easy to do if somebody breaks it down right. for you. And like, I've had to tell like realtors and stuff like, Hey dude, like, I mean, this is different. Like if you want me to strip a Glock or an M4 <laughs> or something like that, I could do that or, or teach you how to shoot. But, um, when it comes to stuff like this, like you're going to have to like water it down a little yeah. bit and like really explain what each one of these is, you know, cause I'm not in the business of getting screwed over or anything. But, uh, yeah, so I more so call K-Clips and Donuts a community project. Okay, the main goal is just to reach out and take care of, uh, of you know, it started off in my my community and just you know gradually stretched and covered. You know, I've done pop up events all throughout Arizona. Nice. So, you know, started in the community that I patrol and you know doing pop up events or just going to a random skate park. You know, on the clear on the other side of town and you know it, it's crazy. You know. August 2021 is when everything started, and I mean, what we're a year, two two years, two years yeah, two years, sorry Don't You know. know, two years. You know, being able to see the impact um of what it's done. You know, I'll go, like I said, I'll go to a skate park. You know, in Apache Junction, and there's kids there that know who I am. Nice, and, and all that other stuff, and it's it's very humbling. You know, again, because I'm just the dude. I just love to skate, and I. I I really love skateboarding more than anything. It's it's kind of, you know, that vice I think that I was looking for, okay. that coping mechanism that I was looking for when I got out of the military. Because you know, again, in the military, you experience a, a level of camaraderie that you'll never you'll never experience again. You know, I thought getting into law enforcement, you're no, it's not. I I you could, and I thought that's what it was going to be. I thought it was going to be, um, you know, because they they quote and push everything to be paramilitary. Mm-hmm. I, not saying, I mean, I'm speaking for the agency that I work. I haven't seen anything paramilitary. I mean, what do you get dude, dudes doing three count pushups? I right. mean, but that for the month, that's, that's it. Like there's nothing paramilitary in there. And I got out as an NCO, um, those staffs aren't, and I mean, I've seen, I've I've done my time in the military no. and I have not yet seen, I've seen dudes, you know, punching in and punching out and there's no hanging out with your, with your right beep worker, you right. know, your beat partners and stuff like that outside of work. And, and that's just speaking for my agency.
0: But that's the parallel, a lot of parallels. Now, does your agency, um, do you, do you get a take home?
1: No, no. Uh, okay. Depending on what uh, division you the are, units. if you're in a specialty, yeah, Got of course. It. Yeah. If you're a detective or, you know, within our SWAT division, and stuff like that. Yeah, you'll get a take home.
0: And th- and I've noticed, like I I had a take home, mm-hmm. so I didn't hang out with my buddies after work. I went home. Yeah, you know what I mean. I got changed in my house in the morning, you know, to go to work, and then I got changed in my house when I was done with work. Yeah. And I have noticed that, like agencies that don't have, um, they they just don't hang out. So, and at the end of the day, I think everybody, I, I think there's been a big push now to not have cop friends if that makes sense mm-hmm. for your mental health and stuff like that. Like, yes, you have to do the job and yes, you have to, you know, be together and all that. But yeah, as far as like the military goes, you know, when you're off, when you're off shift, you're in the barracks with the same people that you were just at work with.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: You know, so you're, you're stuck with those people until they, you know, in whatever rank up and can move out or get married and move out and move to on base housing or wherever. Yeah. But yeah, no, in law enforcement, it is very, everybody goes their own way. Yeah. A hundred percent. And that was, that's the biggest thing that, one of my goals about with this podcast is to talk about mental health, and it's like there needs to be your brother. You need to have that "I am my brother's keeper" mentality. Mm-hmm. You know, need, and that's just so lost in law enforcement right now.
1: Yeah, I saw more so like the camaraderie and the hanging out side more so on the detention side than I did. Really, on the sworn side, believe it or not. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, there's, uh, and I have no reason or I have no idea why that is, but, um, you know, I could. I don't know. Yeah, there's some guys that just don't know how to turn the switch off. And that's why I said, you know, I'm so grateful that, you know, two years ago I was able to find skateboarding again. I was able to, you know, find a a a place in skateboarding. You know, I know that I'm not gonna be on the X I'm not going to the X games. Like those (laughs) dreams and stuff like that that I had when I was a kid, all that stuff's done, you know, but having a place of being able to support the youth. Um, you know, I'm I'm grateful. I'm grateful because again, yeah, when I got out of the military it was tough. It was, you know, okay, like I, nothing against the army, but my, my, like how they, you know, groomed me to become a civilian again, was not the greatest. It wasn't, you know, the first month I'm like, uh, what the hell am am I doing? like, this is weird, you know, and, and being able to utilize your GI bills or go to the VA or anything like that was, it was tough. So and then finding at different outlets, you know, I've done everything from bodybuilding to CrossFit to long distance running and all that. Trying to find that sense of camaraderie, it's it's there, but it's, it didn't fulfill that gap. Understood. And uh, you know, getting on a skateboard again, and you know, it, once once all that happened and everything just it went away. That's it was, awesome. It's nice. So. What are the, when you're pulling up to the, and you do sometimes go
0: on duty. I see, yeah, I've, I've yeah, seen if, if there's a
1: break in calls, you know, usually I'll keep, like I said, I'll, I'll stay within the parks that are within my patrol area, but I'll pop in and check in on the kids. You know, not every time I go, am I, you know, skating or, you know, some kid, you know, filming me skate or something like that. But for the most part, it's just, you know, it's being a sense of uh, a role model or just, you know, some of these kids want to be, you know, have accountability. Yeah, you know, just checking in with them. How's school going? Yeah. How's your grades? You know, how's your family doing? What's next? You're getting ready to graduate. You know, just even if it's something small like that.
0: That is something that I don't have any experience in law enforcement with because I was a, I was a trooper, so mm-hmm. I didn't have a beat. I mean, I had a, an area, but there was 500 linear miles of. Freeway. Oh, we know. Yeah, it <laughs> takes. Yeah, it <laughs>
1: takes some. You know, sometimes we'll have to cover right. First. You know some of the areas because it's like, hey, the next one is coming from you know, and it's miles. Casa yeah, it's yeah. it's out there, and that was. But I didn't
0: get to have that sense of community. I didn't get. I ran into the same person twice in over a decade, so yeah. there, there wasn't that. That wasn't that community building and the community policing simply because it was an entirely different type of law enforcement, but. At the same time, I do kind of wish I was able to get into the community and that I was able to do those things and make more of an impact. You know, you make an impact in your job when you're taking away the bad guy and making the world a safe place again, whether it's for, you know, a kid, you know, whoever the case is. But to have that one on one connection, especially today, now like nobody has it anymore.
1: Yeah. You know, it's 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 a a lost art, you know, and I I remember I remember vividly, you know, sitting, you know, when I was going through school and get my degree in administrative justice studies. One of uh, one of my professors, who uh, actually passed away, you know, three four years ago, um, he he always preached, you know, just the basic art of community policing. Yeah. Getting out of your car or just driving through a neighborhood, you know, not driving, you know, roll your windows down. Mm-hmm use your senses your you know your sight your smells you know just be a part of the community have right. a conversation because you know I talked about this you know with people in the past is you know some people don't want to call 911 they or they feel like they their problem isn't big enough to contact 911 or maybe they just yeah like i said they don't want to contact 911 but if you build that relationship with somebody if you know <clears throat> hey you know i'm driving through this area and i see this guy you know every you know let's say you work tuesday through friday every wednesday evening he's out there picking his weeds and you stop and have a conversation with him you build a relationship with him you build that trust with him you know you may have changed that guy's perceptions where now he's now he's you know reaching out like hey look like you know that next wednesday that you go and have a conversation with him hey you know down the street like there's a lot of weird stuff going on or
0: they're gonna get another neighborhood yeah, And if yeah. you know the people in your neighborhood, it's going to be a hell of a lot better. And it's
1: just, it's that small, simple tip. Like, I don't even think it was a tip. I think, you know, uh, Professor Zuliger, you know, when he preached that, I think it was just, you know, him sharing his past knowledge. It was just old school policing um but I really like that just sank in that just sank into me and I'm like you know what like that makes sense like and I've always been like a super social person gotcha I've never been shy like you know what if you ask anybody I went to high school with or anything like that I was always you know the one you know (laughs) the class I don't want to necessarily say like the class clown but I was very social and uh you know being able to take that and you know, I'll have a conversation with anybody anywhere. It doesn't matter. The art, the, the verbal judo. Verbal judo. Yeah. That's or just relating, yeah. you know, just relating with yes. people. You know, I know like one of the tactics like that some of the FTOs do, um, if they notice that they have somebody, cause in this job you have to be, you have to have social skills. Yes. You have to have communicative skills. Um, you know, some of the FTOs they'll have, you know, people start random conversations with somebody at a gas station, um, I've used that a few times before, but I mean, it's never been because it's me. Like sometimes they can't get me to shut up because either somebody <laughs> knows me or again, you know, I'll see somebody and it could be a pair of shoes. It could be a shirt or something like that. I'm like, hey, you know, hey, those are cool or whatever. Just having that life experience of where I'm at now. And uh, it's done nothing but benefit me in my career. You know, people like. Who, like us who don't shut up, you know what we do is we start
0: podcasts and we start you know, talking to yeah, people. Yeah.
1: I've thought <laughs> no, about it. What maybe we do. down the road. Maybe down
0: the road. Every down the road. And, and that's one of the things in law enforcement that, you know, in this this day and age, like, you're dealing with stuff that I never had to deal with, and that is everybody running up to you with a cell phone, obviously. Now, obviously, because of your kickflips and donuts, you know. I've had
1: it on the other end a couple of times. Right, yeah. and that's a
0: whole new thing, you know, the First Amendment auditors and all that type of stuff, which I don't have a problem with that when done respectfully. Like, mm-hmm. I, I think law enforcement should actually be filmed. Like I, I never, the couple of times I had it, but I just like, how are you able to process and deal with it both on, you know, the good side and the not so good side? Like, is it a, is it something that's prevalent every day and, you know, getting in the way of things or
1: no as far as like the on the other side like the whole kickflips is doing saying it's normal right. now to see that like and then there's some like the shock factors kind of went away okay. most of you know mostly like when I go to some of these parks because a lot of kids you know either know me or you know people have seen you know cool. videos and stuff like that they're more like oh you know well like you know and they see you know me in action or yeah. whatever I mean that sounds cheesy saying that but um <laughs> You know, no, um, but on like the other side, you know, the first amendment auditors and stuff like that, I've had that happen a couple of times, but I mean, I'm not worried about that. I've always, you know, I I know how to do my job. I remain, you know, professional, you know, you're not gonna, again, you know, my time in the military, I've dealt with way worse stuff. You know, that's the, that's the thing, you know, I see, you know, people complain about like some of this online training or mandatory training or anything like that. And like, it's like, dude, like you wouldn't last one second in the military (laughs) <laughs> with some of, like, the training, like, that came through, like, the SHARP training and all this online stuff and getting a, you know, travel pass, right. and a four day, and all this other stuff. Like, this is nothing. So We actually have, you have not
0: as many rights as a straight-up civilian, but you, as a police officer, you yes, you have all of your rights, but there are still some restrictions on what you can say and can't say and all yeah, that.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I just, I just kill them with kindness. No. That's it. Be professional, kill them with kindness. That's
0: it. It has been amazing. Like I said, I'm fortunate. I'm extremely thankful and grateful for you to come out here and to, to be on the podcast. And the other deputy who I had on, Frank Slope, it's amazing to see the community rally around good cops. It's amazing yeah. to see the community come together. There's a hilarious page on Facebook called Find Frank. So yeah, Frank is I've never not – he's never not known. He, everybody knows where he is in this community. and But it's really neat to actually like – You know, I don't, I mean, how many thousands of people like it, but I know you've got quite a bit of followers on Instagram and it's like, that's all positive. That's amazing. That's what the, there's some
1: negative, there's some negative that comes in, but that's with anything, you know, my biggest thing sometimes I, 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 Tish it back, and I'm like, hey, don't talk crap to a cop that'll beat you in a game of skate in full uniform. I'm wearing, you know, like 30 pounds of extra stuff, and a lot of it's restricting your full your full mobility. Like, I mean, I go to your page, and you're sitting there petting your cat, right? And you you don't even you don't even know how to push or something like that. Like, I mean, you don't have room to talk to this table. So, and the thing for me is, is that
0: if, a, if somebody comes and says a negative comment, that means they went out of their way. Exactly. To go to my oh, page. Man. Or I've had my a YouTube. couple people
1: that I'm like, dude, you don't even follow me, man. Like you last, you last commented something trolly like three days ago. And then you came back and you left the same comment on like three other videos. I'm like,
0: well, dude, you didn't like, give him any attention and man, he wanted I'm your like, attention. What are
1: you doing, dude? like, I feel bad for you. Like you need to get a hobby, man. Yeah. You need to get a hobby. Yeah. yeah. needs to start skateboarding and go outside and see the sun. Something. Do something. Get out of your parents' basement. Get that
0: vitamin D in there. Yeah. That's the thing that I, you've heard the statement, you know, haters make me famous. And again, if you took the time to go and say a nasty comment, awesome, man. Thank you so much. I love it. It's hilarious to me. Cause again, I, you know, I've got no skin in the game and I'm just doing this for a passion project to to help, help communities out. Yeah. So it's all about just bringing the communities together. I've
1: had a few of them that I've had conversations and with, and at the end of the conversation, they're like, Whoa, like you are different. It's like, <laughs> yeah, like right. not everybody's the same man. And again, starting this, you know, I'm not trying to be like a crazy advocate for, you know, showcasing. Like, Cause a lot of people think it's like a dog and pony show. Okay. It's not like, I'm not, I'm just, I'm not trying to change the perception of everybody. I'm just trying to show you guys, you know, the, the people out there that want to inside in law enforcement, we're human. Yeah. You know, um, all of us have, have, uh, you know, come from families. All of us have hobbies. Um, that's it. You know, this is what I do. This is what I truly enjoy doing. It's, I didn't pick up board for the first time two years ago. Right. Right. And you know, this is, this, it's been a, always a huge part of my life and, uh, it's going to, be what I continue to do. So,
0: it's who you are. And it's, it's what you it's do. Who I am. Yeah. And it is, I will say though, that it is very cool that you're allowed to go do these things when you don't have calls waiting or anything like that. Cause I can tell you right now, I don't think even when I was still in that, like that would have been allowed. You know yeah. what I mean? It would have been a lot of why, you know, well you could have made two traffic stops. You know, you spent 30 minutes at the skate park. You could just, you could have made I think two it's traffic brought, stops. It's brought a lot
1: of, uh you know, and with, with the Instagram, it's brought a lot of positive attention yeah. for my agency to where um, it's been uh, kind of like a recruitment tool. You awesome. know, Not only, not only just what I could do on a skateboard in full gear, but obvi- the obvious I'm covered in tattoos. Right. So you have some guys, you know, I've had people message me from all over the United States that are like, Hey, like, you know, I really, you know, I've had a squeaky clean, you know, record. I just have this tattoo. Like, you know, is your agency hiring? And it's like, all right, here, yeah, here's the, here's the link. And, you know, it's, it's been one of those things. I've never gotten like full, I mean, I've had a conversation with my boss. My boss is cool with it. And, and my agency's used me in a couple of videos. So that's cool. I'll take that as, you know, the, hey, they're cool with it. Yeah. Um, but I don't do anything to put a, a bad taste right on my agency. So, yeah, that's, that's the way I see it. You know, Hey, you know, if this benefits you guys. And, it helps me grow my project and my vision and allows me to help more people, then we're, we're both winning, so.
0: I could not imagine, like I said, in the old school days, yeah, I think it would have been a problem, but now it's like, this is what community policing is. This mm-hmm. is like you just, you know, mentioned that's before. What,
1: and you know, that's kind of what drove me to start it is, uh, you know, my, uh, my son got into skateboarding and as, and I, I I'm a huge believer in, like, uh, manifestation from one, um, as well as, uh, you know, just, like, fate, like, how things pan out. So, you know, growing up, you know, there's been some crazy local pro, like, guys that have come out of Arizona that turn out to be some of the most insane professional skateboarders uh, in history. And one of those guys is Aaron Jaws Hamoki from the uh, Paradise Valley area. And uh, you know, grew up skating around him. And as crazy it was, is my son was going through like that whole YouTube phase, watching like you know kids play with toys and all that other stuff. And I was trying to you know obviously limit the amount of screen time that he has. But I remember I was in the other room, and I mean, if you're a skater, like I mean, somebody could skate, you know, in front of the and you know in front of the studio now, and I'm gonna you know the sound. <laughs> right, right. So I was in the other room, and I hear you know. The, The sound of like a skate video and i'm like what and i don't know if it was built on the queue for youtube okay um you know i I go out there and my son is watching somebody that i knew when i was younger doing you know one of the most insane gaps in skateboarding history hit the line 25 was huge um and my kid was just glued he was locked in nice and um uh, i was just like hey man like do you want to do this and he's like yeah because we've tried him in baseball he hated baseball gotcha. he's got he's got the same type of like mindset and mentality and, and personality as me is like where he's got to always be doing something like baseball's not it right there's a role there's a lot of lull in it <laughs> yeah um so got him into skating and i'm like you know what like hey you know dad used to do this like let's let's both go get a you know go get a setup. And, uh, the skate shop that I went to, uh, when I was a kid, it's still around. It's even, you know, it's grown even more. Nice. So shout out to Cowtown skateboards Went to Cowtown skateboards. Uh, got us both to set up, went to the skate park. And, uh, yeah, like I said, it was rough at first. It was really <laughs> rough for me at first, but, you know, both of us to, you know, not only have it and share that love for something that you once had. And, uh, it's, it's a huge bonding point with your kid.
0: Now you get to pass it down.
1: Yeah. That's yeah. Really cool. So, yeah, he's he's glued in it. That's that's his thing. And he's been put in, you know, again, very grateful and humbled, you know, with, you know, the relationships and the contacts that I've built with uh, with Kickflips and Donuts because, you know, when I was 15, 16 years old, you know, seeing, like, guys like Ryan Sheckler not knowing, like, I would build, like, a friendship with, with those guys nice. and stuff like that. So my son's got to skate, you know with, you know, Ryan and, and his and his brother Shane, more so with Shane. And uh just getting to share that love, that passion. That's
0: very cool. That's heartwarming and it's yeah. very cool to to hear and see. Yeah. So and I just I love the positive influence on the community.
1: That's it. That's what it's all about. That you know at the end of the day. So you know, seeing like the different aspects of community policing that some agencies have. And you know, one of the popular ones is like shop with the cop mm-hmm. and coffee with the cop mm-hmm. and all that other stuff. And there's nothing wrong with that stuff, but I'm just like looking at that and I'm like, you know, that's, that's great. But you know, where, where are we, you know, the youth is it's it's the future yep it's the future um and you'll see and this isn't taken away from any other law enforcement officers because you see guys getting out of their car playing soccer yep. playing basketball and all that other stuff but you weren't seeing you know law enforcement officers getting out of their car and, and going and skating with these kids no 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 way um, since kickclops has has been born i mean i've i have seen you know guys you know older clips or something like that or You know, there's a guy on the East, you know, the East coast, Ryan Christian, who uh, is like in Virginia beach. He does something similar, but I just wanted to take it and like inject it anabolic and anabolically and just make this thing like huge and just make this, you know, what I do. And, uh, yeah, um, kick-ups and donuts was born. And obviously like anything, you start a podcast, you, start any kind of new trade or something like that. And for me, it was like, you know, a community project, you know, taking the skills that I've learned, you know, um, that I learned in the military, you know, and just putting them forward and trial and error and learning. And, you know, it started off with making skate wax and the proceeds from that and, and t-shirts and okay. all that other stuff. hundred percent goes right into, you know, going and buying boards and skate equipment for some of these kids. Nice. And, Are you sponsored? I'm not, no. no, no. That'd be cool I if you did get sponsored. Though. I okay. sponsor, yeah, I sponsored guys, you know, so I was able, to, so uh, there's a, a local ripper by the name of Eric Griggs that lives, uh, lives, you know, not too far from me. This okay. guy is an amazing, like this guy is super technical, super good, has a a very promising future in skateboarding. And, you know, once a year, Cowtown puts on the Phoenix Am okay. at Desert West Skate Park and got to pay for his admission to do that oh, nice. as well as make sure that all of his, you know, gear and all that other stuff was up to par that way he can perform at his best. Nice. So, and then there's other, you know, kids that I come across. So, you know, since August of 2021, I think we're at 427 boards donated. Oh, nice. So Very that's cool. just based off of like the proceeds from the shirts. Uh, don't really do the wax, the skate wax once in a while. It's like people ask for it and stuff like that, but that's not like the main thing. It's usually shirts, gotcha. hats. Um, got to build a relationship with Brandon Bills. Brandon Bills makes the hats. Okay. So um, yeah, they're local here to Arizona. They've done a lot to help, but uh, yeah, 427 boards. And you know, I want to keep going with nice. it, keep it growing.
0: What do you need the most to continue to grow?
1: Um, I think it's just time. Yeah. Honestly, it's just time and traveling. Um, you know going to california that's a mecca of skateboarding okay and getting on it and you know sharing my story with you know different different groups right like the the tactical side of everything i mean there's people that have hit me up that are you know they do podcasts but their podcasts just you know portray towards you know Talking about times in the service, right, or, or whatever. I mean, it's it's going to strike somebody. It's just you know whether they want to hear it in and shut the podcast off or they want to keep listening and like, hey, we want to hear more from this guy. Yeah. So I think uh, the end goal. Um, I had a clip that got reposted by the Barracks, which is a huge, gotcha. huge skateboarding page on uh, on Instagram. The end goal would be uh, to get on the Nine Club podcast. The
0: Nine Club yeah, podcast. So it's out
1: there in Venice Beach. Okay. Um, yeah, you got guys like Chris Roberts. Okay. Again, that's a dude that I watched growing up, Kelly Hart, uh, Justin Eldridge. Yeah.
0: Well, we'll definitely tag them in the post and say, "Hey, That'd be rad!" Yeah, get, get them over there. I, they've
1: <laughs> seen they've seen my stuff, you know. It's, but again, right? Yeah, you know, I knew getting into skateboarding, like uh, coming from a law enforcement, military family, um, and a skateboarder, growing up a skateboarder. There's always been a stigma between and that's why I got into it. There's it was a challenge. It wasn't just like getting out and like shooting a couple free throws with a kid. Is hey I knew because I did this when I was a kid. There is a stigma between law enforcement and skateboarders. Right? There oh, is. totally. I feel like it's more so, you know, me growing up, more so the beef was like with security guards. You know, cause <laughs> security guards, like, I mean, even now as a as a law enforcement officer, I've gone to calls where Security guards are doing things that they shouldn't be doing, you know, whether they're a security guard at a bar or a building or something like that. Like, like legitimately assaulting somebody or taking that escalation yeah. force and, and going crazy with it. Um, but it was a challenge. And um, yeah, that's what made me dive into, you know, starting Kickflips and Donuts just to see uh, or just to have that challenge and build those relationships with kids and let them see. You know, because even if it's, you know, if I'm skating with like two, three kids and they see like, oh, okay, this dude's cool. Yeah. And they go share, you know, their story or their experience or interaction with, you know, the next five kids that they hang out or skate with just goes from there.
0: One of the things that uh, this is not a knock on any law enforcement agency. Yes, they do shop with a cop. Yes, Mm -hmm. they do coffee with cop. You're going to get the ones that like you that go to those things. That's mm-hmm. fine. That's fine. Community sport is great. But I think the biggest challenge is getting the ones who don't like you and getting the ones who maybe have a negative perception.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That was, that was it for me. You know, I don't, I don't like to use like income based or anything like that, but it's more so just like what's challenging the youth, right? Like getting out there, being a positive role model, yeah. like it, Hey, just cause I'm skating with you and you think that I'm cool. I'm not trying to recruit you to become the next deputy or be like, you know, Kicklips and donuts junior. Like that's not it. Like, it's just, Hey, I have life experience. I didn't come from a nice neighborhood. I grew up around gangs and drugs and, you know, all kinds of crazy stuff. And, you know, I went in the military to get away from a lot of that stuff and you know now like my life is good like yeah. I, I you know i didn't have that poor me attitude to where like you know oh this is it i guess the victim this is mentality. it you know yeah the, that victim mentality i just kept driving forward and sometimes you know to be able to grow you have to get uncomfortable mm-hmm. and i'm not gonna lie when i went into the military i it was kind of one of those last resort things because when high school was over um i didn't want to go i like again high school was cool, but it was for like the social aspect <laughs> right, of it again. Right. Like I'm not, school I wasn't like the star sucked. quarterback, you know, I didn't have any scholarships to go, you know, play football at BYU or whatever. Um, so, you know, I remember uh, I was given, you know, the, you know, the choices, the options, like, all right, cool. we we'll get a job, pay rent, um, go to college, join the military or get out of the house and i'm like oh crap and this is like the 2008 2009 time frame and i remember i remember freaking applying to like PetSmart, target all that nowhere was hiring nowhere was hiring that so, was
0: during the recession
1: yeah so that was so, when everything was on the down and trend. i remember you know you said that you were in the air force I actually with the air force first because a lot of because more so uh my military like as far as like uh the military side of my family is more so based on like the Marine. Okay. So I come from like a heavy Marine Navy family. And, uh, a lot of my, a lot of my relatives never really talked about their time in service. I've always like grew up playing with GI Joes and all that other stuff, but, uh, never really talked to them about it. So I didn't really know what I was getting myself into, but you know, all those failed attempts of trying to get a job at like fries or PetSmart. Um, couple friends that I grew up with, their older brothers that were in the service and stuff like that. They're like, hey, you know, go to this branch, go to this branch, go to this branch. The first branch that I actually went to was the Air Force. And uh, they turned me away. And I was I had like a little tattoo, and they're like, "Oh yeah, we're gonna have to, we're gonna have to send this packet in to get approved, and this, that, and the other. It could be, you know, eight months." I'm like, "Dude, I don't have eight months. Like, the authority under my household, like, is is Israel. Like, if I do not find something, like, I'm gonna end up like couch surfing." So, um, yeah. And then I went to the Marine Corps, and my only, you know. Perception of what the Marines was was watching Full Metal Jacket because again <laughs> my cousin and a lot of other family members that were in the Marine Corps they you know they that was during like the invasion time so you know they would come back completely different not only physically but just mentally yeah and they didn't really talk about I just I saw the after effects I saw I talk about Fallujah yeah okay. yeah I had a cousin that was actually uh, that was in Fallujah that okay. ended up getting shot in Fallujah and you know going from seeing I saw that guy go from one extreme the other like cheeto finger xbox mountain dew pounder to like just this statue you know of this you know marine that was just cut up like like dude like you're the real deal Like you're the real gi <laughs> joe type of thing and uh just watching it like i said yeah like that cheeto finger dude to like in my eyes you know before getting in the military a war hero and then after you get no. shot like barricading the front door and like sleeping next to the front door and I'm like whoa so I went to the marine recruiter and you know he found out who my cousin was and he was doing like the frog voice and all that I'm like dude like what I'm in a white t-shirt and jeans right now like well you're, you're way you're on another level dude <laughs> yeah, t- whatever out, yeah off, whatever man. caffeine that you had like I need some <laughs> of that but um, no and then I yeah just led into the army and no. they're like yeah you want to be all you can be you know here you go like showed me all the cool videos and That was it. But yeah, I have those life experiences to be able to share that with kids and I've had kids reach out to me, whether it's, you know, from one extreme to the other, if it's just life advice, if it's, you know, you know, Hey, I have an interest in art, like, where can I take this and just doing, you know, being a big brother, you know, not trying to step in and be anybody's dad or anything like that, because I don't want to look at, I'm not that old. (laughs) But just being like a big brother and a mentor and just being able to answer that, you know, skateboarding is always going to be there. You know, a lot of kids, hey, how do we become sponsored? Like, just skate because you'd love to do it, you know, and the rest will take, take its par, you know, if you're going to go. somewhere, There's always a place, skateboarding, you know, the door's open for anybody. It is, no matter what background or anything like that you have. Just do it because you love it and uh, the rest will work itself out. But, you know, in the meantime, Bill's got to get paid. So if you have a passion of art, you know, art, music, a lot of stuff correlates with skateboarding. So, you know, if you want to do art, you look in, you know, there's been times where I've done research and it's like, hey, dude, like this school is open up and this is how you get a grant or whatever and and get into school and get things rolling, man. Because your place in skateboarding may not be a professional skateboarder because I feel like, you know, one, two percent, a professional skateboarders actually make like a crazy killing living. You know, a lot of them, a lot of them, you know, especially the ones that live out in California with the cost of living, you know, are not living comfortably. That's what your name on a board, like anybody growing up skateboarding, like having your name on a board is like the Holy grail. But a lot of these guys, you know, are, are sharing vehicles or living in like small apartments and stuff like that.
0: They have to live in California because of the scene,
1: the scene. Yeah. And the spots and the history and all that other stuff. But, um, Yeah. So it's just being a mentor for for these kids. That's very cool. Yeah.
0: That's very cool. And that's, that's what, like I said, that's what it's all about. And it's just making a positive influence and just trying to change the image of law enforcement as a whole, you know, and just being, um, being part of the community. Yeah, that's it. That's it. I, I do believe the older I get and the more separated I am from it, I do believe that. I think more officers should be encouraged to live in their neighborhoods that they police, or, or kind of like parallel to it. Yeah,
1: yeah, you and know? I'd say I do. I'd say I do. I mean, the 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 park that I go to, um, most of the time, um, it's not. It's the same park that I go to when I'm off duty. Gotcha. Like I'm not like again. I'm not just throwing a board down and, and doing all these tricks and stuff like that on where, Like I skate most of the time. Gotcha. Like off duty. So, yeah, I mean, these kids see me in and out of uniform. I've had messages come in where, um, you know, kids are asking for life advice. You know, their parents don't understand, you know, why they like to skate so much and they think it's stupid or a waste of time and stuff like that. And just, again, just kind of being that reassurance, having those reassuring conversations with, you know, kids and just giving them a sense of purpose and hope and. Getting them to drive forward and just hopefully, fingers crossed. You know, they become a a, you know a a positive side of our future and our community.
0: I can't even imagine what the first time must have been like when they saw. Uh, I remember. I
1: mean, they saw me come in and um, they're like, "Oh crap! Like, who's he here for?" Type of thing. Because I mean, the agency I work for doesn't necessarily have a skate park in our. I mean jurisdiction. I mean it technically, but not technically. It's within a city. Um and I don't know if the city agency, when they usually go in there, they're like, you know, crazy enforcers or whatever. They're there for other reasons. But you know, I went in there and like looking around, I'm like, you know, let me see your board. And they're like, oh, you know, don't hurt yourself. And you do something for (laughs) them. They're like, wait a minute, what the heck? And it's like, Yeah, I, I do this. I do this. So it's cool. That's cool. Like I said, I mean, the the element of surprise is kind of gone a little bit now, but, you know, again, if I could do these things, obviously I'm not going to go to California or another state wearing my agency's <laughs> right. uniform yeah, doing yeah, so. stuff like that, but yeah, just keep it growing. I want to do more like, you know, videos or skits with like some of the local professionals and stuff okay. like that. And, you know, whether it's comedy or, or something like that. So
0: <laughs> kind of pension for the theater then, huh?
1: Nice. Yeah, I just, yeah, again, I think it just falls in with it, with being social, just showing like, hey, like a humor side of things or whatever, just, but something cool at the same time. So,
0: and it gets you out of your house. It gets you in the sun. It gets you socializing. It gets yeah. you doing things that like you're probably of the age as well. Like on Saturday mornings, when I'd wake up, I'd go ride my bike around the neighborhood and wherever all of the bikes were at the house. That's whose friend's house we were, you know, we were going to. Yeah. Yeah. I remember those days. You know, not just sitting in your house and staring at a, Freaking cell phone all day long.
1: Yeah, and I think that's what I combat the most. Like with some of the negativity that I've dealt with is, uh, you know, some people just unfortunately haven't, they, they weren't brought up like that to where they are outside socializing. So all the information and stuff that they're getting is off of their phone or a tablet or something like that. Or, you know, it's unfortunate that some of these people um, that have huge, huge platforms are disseminating information not only off, not only, or not off of their own personal experiences or what they've seen or what the media portrays. Right. So. Just
0: talking points and they just regurgitated.
1: They regurgitate and they're like, oh my God, this dude said this and he's the best at this sport. Oh, we're going to go ahead and just believe everything this guy says and uh, blah, 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 you know, and it's, it's unfortunate because that's, that's not how it is. Right. So don't get me wrong. Like I'm the first, like, I mean, if there's a guy, you know, and I, I haven't come across this in, in my agency, but if there's somebody that needs to be called out and held accountable for, you know, some of their actions, whether it's things that they say or the way that they handle themselves on a call, you know, they need to be held accountable and I'll have that conversation anytime I come across them. I don't, I don't, I don't care. Like, again, that's what's missing. I, uh, I mean, I lost that that whole you know. There's 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 a chain of command, but it doesn't matter. I mean, there's sometimes there's there's lieutenants that need to be fixed, there's sergeants that need to be fixed, chiefs, chiefs need to be fixed. <laughs> um, that may have lost sight or a vision of what it's like to be to work the streets and deal with the community on a day to day basis. So, uh, yeah, he said. Yeah. And again,
0: it doesn't. Speaking from all my friends from all different agencies, there's the boots on the ground that are doing the work that's in any that's in any anything whether it's manufacturing law enforcement whatever then there's that weird middle management that buffers the top and then they just kind of feed the top information that they want you know what i mean it's like and then when the chief or the person or the head guy or whatever is saying things you're like going where is this person getting their information from yeah like, yeah. And again, that's any any corporation, but it is particularly relevant in law enforcement, mm-hmm. especially when you're, you know, I I do believe that law enforcement has the most important job in the country, which is that is to strip people of their rights. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's a I'm, big
1: responsibility, huge, huge responsibility. Huge. And that's what, you know, day one, when I was an FTO, I would have those conversations with, you know, my day one, you know, uh, recruits or trainees. It's like, hey, look, you understand, like, the the amount of responsibility that you have, you know, I don't care what you did before. This is completely different. You know, use your life experiences to be able to benefit your career, but don't, don't use and abuse your power. And there's been times, you know, I'm not, I call myself a bad veteran. And, and, and once this, uh, this, you know, the uniform comes off on the days that I'm not working, like, Unless you know, like at now, it's hard. You know, I go to the mall and right. there, or the gym, and people recognize me, and they know what I do for a living. But I don't. I don't want to be known as that. It's, it's what I do. It's not who I am. <laughs> Agreed.
0: Like I'm wearing the Balanced Veterans Network shirt. Yeah, my friend's the executive director of this corporation, and I always try to support all the friends that I have. That you know, with different things, but that's like the biggest thing for me. Like when I go out, you can't tell anything.
1: Mm-hmm. Like
0: that's not how I. And even from this podcast, like I do want to eventually move away from a point where it's not about what I did, but it's about moving forward yeah. and, and bringing the. You know what I mean? But it is. It is a starting point. It is a foundation, you know. Just like your your military time is a starting point and a foundation, Yeah. and it does help bring people together, and it does it does bridge some gaps, you know, some certain things. And again, particularly in the world that I'm in, I was I got out of the military in 2006. You know what I mean? I was a whole different world, whole different. And I was in the Air Force. and never did combat or anything like that, but at the same time, it's it's a foundation, mm-hmm. and I can use it as a platform to yeah, talk you about a lot of life skills. It doesn't completely, matter, you know, but yeah, but I don't want it to be my, just my entire identity
1: exactly that's for me and i think that's uh i think i think everything just happened for a reason because like i said i mean i tested well with different divisions in my agency and i could have you know waited for those opportunities to happen after the testing process but i think everything just fell into place and i feel like this is what i need to do whether Um, you know uh, Going into this, rather, you know, ask for forgiveness rather than permission type of thing. But I, it's not doing anything bad. Yeah. It's not like I don't do anything in uniform, trick wise, on a skateboard that I'm not 100%, you know, uncomfortable with. And there's been people that are coming and they're like, oh, you know, if this guy falls, you know, short term disability, we're going to pay for it. ball. I don't need that, dude. I right. don't. I don't. Right. No, I, you know, I'm okay. Yeah. You know, I, it, that, I don't need that. You'll take the risk. I'll take the risk. It's, it's showing a different side you know, it's, it's entertainment for some of these kids. And again, it's bringing more people towards it and having those conversations. And I think that's why, like I never really kind of, a lot of people are like, Hey man, like with everything growing, why haven't you done like a website or gone through like a a second party to distribute your shirts and stuff like that. And then I'm like, well then you lose like all that point of contact with the people that support you. So, I mean, it is a little strenuous. So, like, usually, like, every month or every other month, I'll do a shirt release, and it's, like, a limited drop. I'll usually do, like, a pre-order for, like, people that want, you know, specific sizes, everything, you know, ranging from, like, onesies to... That's cool. You know, big, you know, big shirts. <laughs> um, So I'll open those pre-orders up for, like, a, a week or so, and then, you know, the rest, I'll kind of just do onesies, twosies, or, like, more popular sizes and stuff like that. And um, man, I've never gotten the... I, I did do the um, website for a little bit and then again, I'm not a technology guy and it <laughs> ended up crashing, but you lose that, you lose that, you lose that connection with people, you know, thanking them, you know, not every order that I'm able to get out, can I do a, like a handwritten, right. note? but if somebody's like, hey, can I do an Excel?" And it's like, hey, thank you so much for, you know, supporting what I do, hopefully enjoy the shirt and just know like, you know, not only are you supporting me by wearing that, you know, once a week or, if you're going to hang it up or whatever, but you know, that went towards helping, yeah. you know, somebody in the community continue to do something that they're passionate about. That's very cool. So that's really, really cool. And I know you had said that you're on a time
0: constraint, so I didn't want to take up too much of your time. So you've given me a little over an hour of your time.
1: Oh, right on. And I said, yeah.
0: I didn't want to, and it's, you made a, a quite a drive to come out here. So I appreciate that.
1: No, I appreciate it. The, uh, the opportunity to come on. This is uh, this is rad. Awesome. Is cool.
0: I'm, I'm glad to be kind of your first.
1: Yeah, yeah. The <laughs> other one was yeah, like I said, through Zoom and I mean I probably look like an idiot, like the camera all like in my nose and all that stuff. But no, this is cool. This is cool. I appreciate you coming it. out here. Absolutely. What's the next steps for kickflips and donuts? Um, like I said, just keep doing my thing. Um you know, more so the clips that I post, like the videos that I post in uniform doing tricks and stuff like that, those are the ones that are getting over a million views That's and that awesome. are making the page grow. So it's just, just, it's way hot right now. That's awesome. Way hot. Um, uh, I'm going to be in a local magazine called Skate Mag Info. Um doing some photography shots and stuff like that um, with a guy named Dax that runs that. Um, yeah. Plan for the next shirt releases and keep doing what I do. Pass out boards, help those out, be a mentor. Um, That's it. Very cool. That's it. And then, yeah, hopefully get on the Nine Club. Once once I get on the Nine Club, that's it. I'll, I'll, I'm going to have, like, a party with just, it's going to be the Nine Party. Like, there's just going to be a bunch of Nine Balloons everywhere. <laughs> like, that's, like, the Holy Grail, like, right now. Like, the Nine Club is the Joe Rogan I was just gonna say that. skateboarding podcast. Like, that's it. That is the podcast okay. for skateboarding. So, Absolutely. getting on there and, you know, having a conversation with those guys, because a lot of those guys are, they're veterans in the game, like Chris Roberts. You know Justin Eldridge; those are guys that I watched growing up. And you know, I know, like I said, I knew, I know the stigma of law enforcement and skateboarding. But just for them to be like, wait a minute, like you're, you're you skate; you, you don't just roll around like you know all <laughs> right, awkwardly. Right, right. Like you skate, right? And uh, but you do this, and you don't abuse the power that's been given to you as a law enforcement officer, and you actually use it to to benefit your community. So did it
0: awesome man give us leave us with some some words of wisdom
1: words of wisdom just be a good human be a good human there's somebody out there always you know uh, and and you know check in with your buddies you yeah. know if you're a veteran or a law enforcement officer just shoot that person that you don't talk to or see on a daily basis just a message or you know uh chivalry is not dead you know uh see a lot of it. it's unfortunate you know if there's a, a gal or just somebody walking behind you hold the door open for them ask somebody how their day is going or tell somebody that you're proud of them you don't necessarily have to it could be at the gym it could be at the Coles, yeah. it could be at you know canes it could be wherever just reach out to somebody just, you know give them a compliment hey i really like those jordans that you got on those are awesome those remind me you know who knows You could make a new friend or yeah. you know you don't know what kind of day that person is having and that compliment that you had just redirected you know, what their intentions were maybe for the rest of the day. It just changed the whole pendulum of how their day's going. So. Awesome. And where can you be reached at? Um, so. I don't know. I, I have a TikTok. Okay. It's not, it's, it's a pretty big following on TikTok, but I don't, I don't understand the algorithm or how the heck that works. <laughs> like TikTok, I think they'd rather watch people like dance and do like weird trends and stuff like that. So I kind of stay off of TikTok, gotcha. uh, but Instagram, kickflips and donuts, kickflips and donuts, kickflips and donuts, donuts, awesome. D O N U T S. So kickflips and donuts. We
0: didn't even make a cop joke and do- donut joke. Like we didn't even do yeah, that. And you know
1: what? And that's the thing. People are like, Hey, what's your favorite donut? And I'm like, I'm not like, I'm not really big in a donuts like the whole kickflips and donuts it all started like kickflips it's like oh boom there's a shot to skateboarding donuts boom there's a hidden you know cop innuendo whatever you want to call it you know and to put them together and it kind of flew and you know in the beginning i'm like god this sounds kind of lame like kickflips and donuts I think it's awesome but yeah a lot of people are like you know like donut operator there's a lot of guys yeah, yeah, that yeah. follow my page and you know they know who i am and um that kind of just stuck kind of just stuck. And then the logo, you know, with work, you know, the first draft of the logo is kind of like, eh, And then it kind of just grew from there. And that's it. So. Very cool, man. Yeah, I don't really mess with donuts too much. If I do, it's like a Homer Simpson one. <laughs> okay. And there's a bar. There's the best donut for any cop that's listening to this. If you ever make your way into San Diego, there's a place called Donut Bar San Diego. They have the most outrageous, insane, creative, best donuts in the world. Nice. Absolutely. Insane. Local here in Arizona, probably Bosa, Bosa, Bosa takes care. Krispy Kreme and, and and what's the other one? Dunkin. Dunkin. Yeah, they're They're lame.
0: They're old school stuff. Yeah, uh, they're lame.
1: You got to go to like Bosa or Bosa here. Yeah, I'd say Bosa here.
0: I gotta say, I'm a basic white girl when it comes to like pumpkin, pumpkin spice donuts and pumpkin oh, spice stuff. Oh, you do Dunkin's. that stuff. Oh, I'm, I'm total, total. Yeah.
1: Wow. It's either like yeah, glaze. Again, I try not to eat donuts right. um, yeah, yeah, glazed no, or, but... um, yeah, like the Homer Simpson, like strawberry <laughs> gotcha. frosted, uh, sprinkled. Yeah, those are those are good. Awesome. Those are good.
0: Well, thanks, man. I, I sincerely appreciate no, this. No, I appreciate
1: you inviting me out, man. Definitely. Thank you.
0: Awesome. Thanks, man.